show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. As always, we're brought to you by my pals over at CG Sports, and I'm delighted to be welcoming in a Tokyo 2020 Olympian in that of Jordan Wolomovsky today. He is a member of the Team USA Open Water Team. He actually competes in the 10K. When this episode comes out, he will just be a couple days after he has competed at the games. So at the end of the episode, I'm going to let you know how he did. So I'm excited to be able to do that. But in the meantime, uh, I really encourage you within this interview to pay attention to the theme of endurance. And now I don't mean that in the sense of the more simple definition of what it is Jordan does when it comes to open water swimming, that ability to physically have endurance. What I mean is the ability to endure. It's a mindset. It's an approach. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into some of this with Jordan here today because I think that's the most relatable thing that he can provide to anyone listening to this that wants nothing to do with open water swimming. But in terms of just anything and everything that we've got coming at you within this episode, I am excited for that theme of finding ways to endure. I can also embarrassingly admit that I forgot to press record at the beginning of the interview too, and I even call myself out within the interview once I realized that I hadn't pressed record. So just lots of reasons to be pointing the finger at me today, uh, whether it's making fun of me or just appreciating the uh, the theme of what it is we're doing on the show today. So enjoy my conversation from a couple of weeks back from when I caught up with Jordan right before he headed out to Tokyo. Sit down, relax, enjoy Open Water USA team member for the Tokyo 2020 Games and world champion Jordan Wilamowski. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder before we jump into the interview that if you're not yet, you should be subscribed to the show. If you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, go ahead, press that subscribe button, and at the same time, leave us some sort of rating as well. I think we're worthy of five stars. I'll leave that up to you, but at the same time, these ratings go a long, long way. So especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, subscribe to the show, but whatever podcasting platform you're listening to is on, be sure to be following us. And also, if you're on Instagram, Korea underscore competitor, that's where you're going to find more information about our episodes, some behind-the-scenes footage of each and every interview. And you can, of course, use Instagram to reach out to me, direct message me, let me know what you think of episodes, what you think of the show, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Steve Meller. Send me a message. Let me know if you or maybe someone you know would be a great person to come on the show. But for now, let's go right to our interview. So you're out there in Hawaii and uh, you're you're a few weeks now into the US camp and you're about to head out to Tokyo. Clearly, there's lots of things that are going well for you and and you'll be in Tokyo for a couple of weeks prior to actually competing. Uh, With all that being said, how are you feeling now at this point uh, heading into the competition and and in terms of your, your chances once you get to Tokyo? How are things feeling at this point? Yeah, feel really good. Uh, put in a couple of weeks of good work over here with uh, the US team and uh, had a super fun camp. And so, yeah, I'm excited to get over to, to Tokyo and, you know, get another probably, I'd say, two weeks of training in and then a little bit of taper and, um, yeah, be ready to race. So embarrassingly, we, we had we had five minutes of discussion before I started pressing recording and I just like calling myself out. It's just easier that way to uh, just to call myself out to the audience and uh, for everyone to know that we've already gone over some stuff that wasn't recorded. Uh, but what I wanted to actually bring up right away was something we were just talking about before I pressed record. And uh, it was exactly just really what I feel is, uh, you know, just what makes you stand out as a professional and that ability to endure and, and do work that maybe few people, if any, 
are, are willing to to take on. Uh, talking about that mindset of, of of enduring, Jordan, just just tell everyone a little bit about what you feel best defines you as an athlete and, and why it is you have this ability to maybe endure the way you do. Uh, yeah, I think you know, just it's fun to try and like push your limits and see kind of what you're capable of. And, and obviously, you know, it doesn't really happen overnight, but you kind of keep pushing the bar higher and higher, you know, seeing how fast you can go, seeing how hard you can work. And um, yeah, you know, you stick at it for a while and eventually you can find out you can work pretty hard and, and swim pretty fast. So <laughs> it's fun to like, yeah, push yourself and, and try and find, you know, what's the fastest I can possibly swim or, you know, how hard can I possibly go on a certain set? Absolutely. And, and for, for you at this point in your career, you're, you're about six years into being a professional now off the back of a, a very successful collegiate career there in Northwestern. And uh, for, for, you, for you personally, you know, we have a lot of people on this uh, that listen to this show that don't have a background in swimming. And uh, for you as someone who's been going through the grueling regime of, of distance training for, for six years now, how do you find that you're able to separate what would be a, a good week from a, you know, maybe less than satisfactory week. Like what, what are your, what are your measuring sticks, so to speak at this point of your career? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to put into words, like what, what you do exactly in a week that makes it successful or not. But I think, you know, you kind of know intuitively just based on that for so long, you know, you did what you could that week to get better. Or if there's some things, you know, you're kind of missing or slacking on and, um, you kind of let yourself slip mentally or physically. And so, yeah, I think you know, at the end of the week, uh, when it's all said and done, you kind of know if you, uh, if you got better or you stayed the same or got worse. And um, yeah, you know, it's always a good feeling when you, you've completed a big week of work and know like you're getting a little, little bit closer to your goals. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those that aren't educated on open water swimming, do you mind just sort of filling people in on, you know, you'll be doing the, uh, the 10K, isn't that right, when you get to Tokyo? Yeah, so I'll be competing in 10K open water. So basically any kind of open water race is uh, kind of what it sounds like. It's, it's a race typically over a mile that doesn't take place in a pool, usually a river, lake, or uh, ocean, and swim out on a course. And um, all the competitors are kind of swimming at the same time around you. So it's it's kind of like uh, like cycling, I guess, where you got to draft off everybody and you swim a big pack. Um, yeah, and then... Yeah, whoever is uh, the fastest at the end wins, I guess. Uh, and, and and how long how long does the race technically go for? Uh, so 10k usually takes about an hour and 50 minutes. I uh, maybe give or take on you know current winds, uh, the course itself. Yeah, so an hour and 50 minutes, and you know, to the typical person listening to this show, you know, you 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 prepare for you know, certain projects that come up in work and things like that. And maybe you have a presentation sometimes and all these kind of things. And these are 15, 20, 30 minute commitments to the average person. And here you are performing at your very best against a world-class field for upwards of two hours in, in, in one sitting. How do you find the best way is to mentally approach something like that? Because I, I can imagine that you've got a lot of opportunity to maybe overanalyze while the race is taking place. So how do you sort of manage all of that time that you're spending while you're competing? Yeah, I think, well, first off, just doing it in practice every single day, you know, we try and make sure our workouts are two hours, two and a half hours. And so you're used to swimming and training and, and working hard that entire time. Um, although we, we don't typically swim 10K in a workout, although <laughs> we have. Um, 
yeah, just, you know, you're, you're definitely used to it. And I would say like the, one of the things I like a lot about, you know, distance swimming, open water swimming in general is that, yeah, the race is long enough where, you know, you can catch yourself um, kind of mentally or, you know, you make a mistake, but that's really not the end of the race. It's just kind of up to you to decide whether, you know, that's like going to be the make or break for you, or you can, you know, reset and kind of push yourself and get back into it. So um, yeah, obviously, you know, there aren't perfect races. You do slip up a little, but you know, you got to decide right then and there that you're not going to let that, you know, be, be the, uh, the thing that kills your race and uh, kind of push through it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as a podcast, we're all about competing. And, uh, you know, hearing you talk like this just makes me makes me wonder just how you are able to compose that competitive instinct, because at the end of the day, it's a race. And it's something I've always admired a- across the sports of, of road cycling. And, and like you said, it with, with with open water. And, you know, we've had Ironman world champions on this show before as well, that you know, you're talking about eight hours of output in terms of performing at the highest level. How do you find is the the best way to channel those sort of competitive instincts when at any moment you can probably just lose a position and gain a position and so much is happening around you? Do you find a way to channel that competitive energy through the race? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always just like points where, like you said, yeah, you lose a place or something like something like that. But I think I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe, but like whenever anyone's like right next to you, for some reason, you always just want to beat them. You know, that's like kind of all you're thinking about. Um, yeah. Kind of just the competitive uh, attitude just kind of kicks into gear and you're like, you know, you don't really care what's happened so far. You're like, I just want to beat that person. Um, actually, you know, today we're talking about uh, like, if I, I was talking to some of the uh, swimmers and staff and they were asking if I'd ever seen like um, sharks or anything like that while I'm, I'm swimming and I'm like, fortunately, no. And like, do you think about it while you're swimming? And um, honestly, like when I'm warming up and stuff, but yeah, for sure. You get like nervous and you're like, oh man, I hope there's like nothing down below me or anything like that. But, but like, as soon as, you know, the, the starter, you know, blows his whistle and stuff like that, like you never, never crosses your mind. You're kind of just like, all you're thinking about is, you know, trying to win and do the best you can. And it doesn't really bother you for those two hours. So it's weird. Yeah. You kind of just like flip a switch and you're like, I, I want to win. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, here I am giving you these examples of people going into meetings and and maybe being nervous about, you know, accommodating what they're doing to one or two people. And you're talking about bloodthirsty creatures that are going to be potentially swimming around you while you're doing your race. Um, That doesn't sound like uh, that. That sounds like a little bit more of something to be concerned about. But uh, but no, I I, kind of love, love that ability to describe just you know, even with an hour and 50 minutes, two hours of output, you're still able to just kind of put those blinders on when the race begins and be completely focused. And that that's a sort of level of mental training that uh, very few were probably able to to master. So it, pretty incredible stuff. And, and, and for someone who's been a champion of your sport, world champion of your sport, you're heading to an Olympic Games. Where does the where does your your mind lie right now? You know, you've had to wait an, an additional year to, to to go to the games and compete for for potential podium and, and, and medals. Like, where's your mind at in terms of that sort of race energy, that desire to get in now and just go for it and see where you know, kind of see where the chips fall. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely really excited to race. Um, definitely ready after the extra year for sure. But you know, I think just with uh, COVID and everything, this these Olympic Games are going to be pretty different. Uh, definitely different than uh, 
what I experienced in 2016 and I think I would have experienced at a world championships or anything like that. So yeah, just trying to take it kind of one day at a time, go into it with a, you know, open mindset. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a, you know, a lot of rules in the village. Just, I know from the like meetings we've had, travel is going to be quite a bit different getting into the country. So yeah, just trying to stay as relaxed as possible and uh, kind of go with the flow of everything and um, kind of just take care of myself until, until race day. And then, yeah, be pretty excited then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, for, for people listening to this who, you know, the one thing I, I'm a huge believer in is, is having a lifestyle geared towards your career and investing an enormous amount of energy and time into it, obviously, but knowing as well that there has to be more to life than just the career that, that you know, the way you balance everything that surrounds your career um, is equally, if not more important than the career itself. For someone who does have to dedicate so much time to what it is you do, Jordan, sort of talk to us a little bit about how you find that balance between being as invested as you are and maybe some other components to your life that you're able to, you know, invest some good energy into. Yeah, you know, um, fortunately for me, like, yeah, I'm very lucky that I'm able to, to swim and make, make my living swimming. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot more to life than just doing that, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's really like, it's super fun and I love doing it. But yeah, it's, it's just swimming. It's really not like gonna make or break anything in your life and so you know when you're done with a bad training session or whatever it may be you kind of just put it behind you and um yeah you know enjoy other things in life hanging out with family and friends i like going to the beach I like surfing and um yeah just kind of taking your mind off of uh of swimming and training when you're not in the water yeah, I'm surprised you go to the beach, to be honest with you. With, with all that time with open water swimming, you still find uh, the desire to to want to go put yourself around it uh, even after you're done training. Uh, that's uh, To me, that's my, my, one, my one reason why I don't swim to this day is because all I do is stand on a poolside and look at water all day. The last thing I actually want to do is, is actually get in it at the end <laughs> of the day too. Um, but that's, uh, that's great stuff, Jordan. Now, one thing I, I really wanted to get to with you is, is just your career growth to, to where you've gotten to because a, a lot of people have different journeys and, and, and for you, you fall into this category as someone who I wouldn't necessarily, and again, I mean absolutely zero disrespect with this, but you know, for you, you came on during college. You really found your groove through college and kicked on to becoming truly competitive in the latter part of your college career to where you could now make a professional career for yourself. You know, that's a very typical story for a lot of people that are successful in their careers. They have to find those opportunities. They have to find growth and they have to take advantage of opportunities when they come their way. For someone listening to this, it's maybe at the beginning of their career journey. How, how did you sort of approach your process to, to getting better when you were at a point in your career where maybe you weren't guaranteed, you weren't expected to be the success that you necessarily are today? Definitely. I think my goal, I mean, I never really thought I'd ever like make an Olympic team or world championship team or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think my goal every year is just trying to get a little bit better. And, and when you get, like kind of view it through that perspective, it's a lot easier to, to imagine yourself getting a little bit better. And then, you know, obviously over time, those small gains turn into bigger and bigger ones. And, you know, if you look back five years later and you've made huge leaps. So, you know, for me, yeah, I never really thought about making the Olympic team or, or anything like that. Just, you know, to go a best time or place a little bit higher at NC2As and then, 
you do everything you can to achieve that goal that year. And, and when you do, you kind of take that box and then you, you sit down and kind of reset and say, okay, like, you know, I was, or just made NCs my freshman year. So now I want to try and final top eight next year. And so it's like, what is, what is that going to take? It's going to take it like a little bit faster, getting better turns, whatever that may be. And then, you know, you, you do that and you take that box and then the next year you're like, all right, well, I want to get, you know, top three. So I need to go this time and, and you kind of get a little bit better and a little bit better and um, yeah, keep going. And hopefully, you know, eventually you're able to, to make big strides. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about big strides. I mean, again, for those listening that aren't swimming fans, it's hard to truly understand. But when you're improving the better part of close to a full minute uh, through the mile from the beginning of your freshman year to the end of your senior year, it's it's an impressive impressive improvement. It really is. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were part of the fastest mile race to ever take place. Is that right? At NC2As with the top four guys pretty much all breaking the record at the same time? Yeah, unfortunately, I was uh, on the wrong side of that finish. But yeah, I was I was fourth, and all four of us went under the uh, the old NC2A record. So it was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, typically the mile is the most exciting race in terms of finishes. You know, guys will win it by like five or ten seconds. Mm. But um, yeah, I think everyone finished within a second of each other. All four of us, and we're all under the old NC2A record. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super cool. Everyone was like, that was like the coolest mile we've ever seen, and and everything like that afterwards um mm. yeah bummer i wasn't on the, the good side of that <laughs> one but yeah it was fun to be a part of yeah yeah well everyone thought it was fun and then you're standing there being like that wasn't fun for me man but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no i mean that's uh it, it, it's honestly one of those things that i remember i was actually at that competition and i was a spectator to, to see that and um it, it's one of those defining moments in a sport sometimes where the evolution of a of an event happens all at once, but it also happens across multiple people at the same time. And that's kind of what everyone was witness to there is that the, the, the event itself was, was evolving. Um, and, uh, you guys all happened to hit, hit your peak at the right time and, and create one of the, the greatest races to have ever happened actually at a, at an NCAA championship. So just very cool story. And, you know, looking at, looking at your career as a whole now, Jordan world champion, uh, you know, you've obviously been consistently at the top of your game, to be honest, man, I, I've been a, an admirer of your career for, for a little while now and, and you know, just a real pleasure for me to have this opportunity to, to be able to speak with you. One thing I did want to bring up before I let you go because we're actually both connected through CG Sports and um, the guys over there mentioned to me that you had this really cool deal with a goggle manufacturer. Now you're an open water swimmer and it's very rare in our sport for someone to be sponsored both for their suit and for their goggles. So can you just tell me a little bit about the thinking there and just the story behind, you know, that deal and, uh, you know, how, how you feel about representing the brand with your, with your goggles and your suit? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, it's all, all thanks to CG and Dane and, and everyone over there. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. Thanks guys. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I got, uh, got talking with, um, a company called the magic five that does these really cool, um, like custom fit goggles actually got, got an extra pair right here. There you go. Um, yeah. So they, they do like a, a 3d like mapping printing of your face and they give you, uh, these custom made goggles, um, which is, is awesome for open water and stuff like that. So you don't need to worry about, you know, tinkering with, uh, with your goggles or anything like that halfway through the race it's nice to know they're gonna fit every time but um yeah so i was i was talking with them and then i was approached by pierre for um for a contract with them and um was 
yeah, able to to get a tier contract for for suit stuff while still still able to pick five for golf as well. So yeah, it'll be pretty cool. I'm wearing a uh, tier uh, probably full body. I haven't decided yet because it's going to be pretty hot in Tokyo, but probably tier full body of Victor open water suit and some some magic five goggles for the race awesome well there you go magic five you got a nice little one minute advertisement courtesy of your boy jordan uh on the on the show here today <laughs> um and listen man like i said uh you know best of luck with the with the competition we'll all be rooting for you and uh maybe we'll be able to bring you back on the show uh, uh, again in the future just to talk a little bit more about just some of this great career that you're building for yourself so good luck with it all man and, and thanks again for joining us yeah absolutely thanks for having me such a pleasure having Jordan join us on this episode of the show, and I'm happy to report that Jordan placed 10th, top 10 finish in that 10-kilometer swim in the Tokyo game. So just a fantastic effort from Jordan to, be, to place in the top 10 in the world is certainly no easy feat. So well done to you for that amazing achievement, Jordan. And in the meantime, I just wanted to really just remind you guys the the importance of listening to a guy like Jordan and taking away something that I took away in terms of that get better mindset and understanding that each and every day he's just looking to get better. And that goes back to the theme of this episode of the ability to endure. If you have that desire to get better each and every day, then you're always going to find that incentive to keep going and keep going and keep going. And in his case, he has to be really good at keeping going. So again, my thanks to Jordan for joining us. Really cool perspective listening to someone who's very much at the top of the world in terms of what it is they do. And in the meantime, guys, listen, all the best with anything and everything that you've got going on. I'm really excited about some of the new episodes that we have coming your way. We have a full slate over the next couple months, so lots of interviews lined up, some awesome dialogue, and I'm just excited to continue bringing you this information that's going to challenge you on a competitive level to enhance your career. So all the best with everything you've got going on. Take care, and bye for now.